All right. Welcome, everyone, to today's Google Search Central SEO Office Hours Hangout. My name is Joe Mueller. I'm a search advocate on the search relations team here at Google. And uh, part of what we do are these office hour sessions where people can join in and ask their questions around web search. And we can try to find some answers. A um, bunch of stuff has submitted on YouTube already, so we can go through some of that. But I already see people raising their hands here. So maybe we'll just start with some of the live folks here. And wow, that was a cue. Like, suddenly lots more hands. Um, let's see. Vahid, go for it. Hello, John. Hi. Nice to meet you. Um, today, I'm going to ask uh, Is the value of internal links are similar? For example, is there a difference? Uh, if, is there a difference of uh, value of internal links in header, footer, or in content? It's it's pretty similar. I I don't think there is anything like quantifiably different about internal links in different parts of the page. I I think it's it's different when it comes to the content in different parts of the page, where we try to figure out what is unique to a page. Uh, but with regards to links, I I don't think that's that's anything. OK, thank you. And the second question is, Google say pay for backlinks is spam. But in Persian web, we see many websites. Mostly they sell flight tickets. They spend a lot for site-wide backlinks. But still, they are on the top of the search results. So why is there such a contradiction here? I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to to say without looking at the sites themselves. But uh, a lot of times, what what I see is that sites will do some things wrong, but they will do other things really well. And uh, because of that, it still makes sense to show them in the search results. Like we would not remove a site from the search results just because they're doing one thing bad, especially if in our algorithms we can recognize that and ignore or kind of uh, kind of. To do, reduce the, the weight of that factor. Uh, and that's kind of what, what we try to do with links in general, to understand like which of these links are actually good natural links, and which should we give weight, and which ones aren't. And uh, just because there's some bad links there, too, that maybe they're buying, um, I don't know, uh, that's, that doesn't mean that we would not show the site at all. OK, thank you. Even if the backlinks are millions? Even if the backlinks are millions. It's, I, I think one of the things that, that I kind of like about our algorithms is that we have so many different factors. And you don't have to be perfect with all of these factors. And sometimes people do bad things uh, accidentally. Maybe they follow bad advice. Maybe they think that this is really important to do. But it doesn't mean that the rest of their website is bad. OK, thank you so much, John. Sure. Um, let's see, Mohammed. Hi, how are you? Hi. Sir, I want to ask, uh, after November, Google uh, uh, Search Console update uh, uh, my website not crawling. Some links are crawling, or some are not. Some are on daily basis, but some are not. Yeah. How can I fix? Can you tell? There, 
I, I think there, there are two possibilities. One is that maybe there is a technical issue. I don't think that's necessarily the case in, in your case, because it sounds like some of the pages are being crawled normally. Uh, the, the other is essentially just that we, we don't crawl everything all the time. We don't index everything on the web. And sometimes we have to prioritize things. And that can mean that we try to understand what is kind of the overall value of, of a website in terms of like how much uh, resources should we spend on the website. And that is kind of reflected in how much we crawl as well. Uh, so that might be something that you're seeing, where our algorithms are not sure of the overall quality uh, of, of the website overall. And uh, helping to kind of improve the quality of the website, that usually ends up making it so that we crawl more of the website as well. But when I am uh, uh, manually indexed, uh, try to indexed, uh, uh, then uh, showing me your URL index, but after uh, uh, one day or uh, two day link are going to excluded. Yeah, that that sounds very much like that. That we're not not convinced of the quality of your website. So really taking a bit more time to figure out ways that you can significantly improve the quality of the website. That would be my recommendation. Okay. Thank you very much. Sure. Um, let's see, Suave. Hey. Hi. Uh, so over the last year, we've been making a lot of technical improvements to the site, and our customers seem to be pretty happy with the site. However, since the end of October, the number of pages indexed by Google has dropped by dramatically, 25%, about 500,000 pages. Um, and the ones that we've submitted so that, that was for all pages known. The submitted ones have dropped by 50%, over 50%. Um, we've done the kind of research we can imagine that would be relevant. And the thing that we found is that um, if there is a review on a product page, or if there are no reviews on the product page, the schema validator is unhappy because there's no review mentioned, but we're doing something wrong there. But that's the only big change that we can see that's gone from a slow but steady growth all year to a dramatic drop in the last two months. Um, is there something that we're missing that we should look at next? Or is that actually enough to have been the core cause of it? So just because structured data is not completely valid on a page wouldn't mean that we would drop it from indexing. Okay. Uh, so that, that seems unrelated to me. I, I imagine maybe the report in Search Console shows all of these errors, and you look at them and you say, well, I don't care about the markup there. And that, that's mm -hmm. fine. It's, it's not a sign that we think your website is bad because the structured data isn't valid. It's just we want to let you know, in case you wanted to use this structured data, it's like it's, awesome. it's not working. Um, but that wouldn't affect crawling or indexing or mm -hmm. ranking or anything like that. Um, I, it, it's kind of hard to, to say offhand like what, what might be causing that. It could be similar yeah. to like the previous question that our systems are kind of unsure about the quality overall of your website. Uh, when, when it comes to such a large website where you kind of looking at the, the mass of numbers there, one thing I would also do is try to look at some samples and try to see is there, is, 
is the, the number really reflective of an actual issue, or is maybe the, the number of index pages essentially just ref reflective of maybe something technical that is being cleaned up? Uh, so for example, sometimes we index pages with uh, different parameters attached to them, maybe like analytics tracking parameters. And it can easily happen that we suddenly index, I don't know, 100,000 of those pages. And they're all indexed. And in the graph, it looks like that's a, that's mm. a big thing. Uh, but if we were to drop all of those pages, it wouldn't change anything for your website because these are kind of accidentally indexed pages. Uh, so in the graph, that could look very dramatic and that it goes up and like all of these things are indexed and then it goes down. And you're like, oh, what, what broke? But it might just be that our systems are kind of fixing an issue uh, with regards to indexing that doesn't really affect the rest of your website. Okay. So I, this... I, I guess what I try to do is figure out which, which of these issues are really affecting the traffic or the, the visibility of your website. And may, maybe the indexing issue is something that falls into that, but I I would try to kind of like separate that out. Okay. This one thing that we noticed was this is the first time we've ever seen crawled but not indexed, and maybe that's just because before it's been not crawled and not indexed. This is a, a kind of a new thing where we're like, okay, we we feel like this is telling us something, but we're not quite sure how to interpret it, what to parse from it. Yeah, I maybe I don't that's think... just quality. Yeah, I, I don't think there's really much you can kind of pull out okay. uh, from that. I, I think the two statuses, crawled and not indexed, and discovered not indexed, mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're essentially equivalent in that we, we know about the URL. It's like like we, we confirmed that we've heard about it, but we decided not to index it. and. Uh, that's something where we're, we're looking with, with the indexing teams to figure out, is, is this really like a, a general problem? Because we, we hear more and more reports about this. Mm -hmm. uh, or is it essentially just it's more visible than it used to be? Because it, even in the past, we would always only index like a, a portion of a website. But we never showed people that in Search Console. We just mm -hmm. focused on kind of the, the traffic that you're getting, not why we're not indexing individual pages. Yeah. No, but if you want, you can, you can drop a, your URL here in the chat, and I can pass that on to the team, especially if you have some sample URLs from your website where you're kind of feeling, well, this is really important content, and it's not being indexed. And is it something you're doing or something we're doing kind of thing? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks. Sure. All yeah. right, uh, Marcos. Hello, John. Hi. Um, I'm trying to find out some more information about the images I recently see increasingly in the organic search results directly in search, not in image tab, um, because there's no documentation in, in Google uh, in the search central. And I try to find out some uh, uh, common things about images or some differences but I don't see anything connected to the resolution or size or the ranking position. So is this just a test, or will there be coming documentation? Do you have any information about these image snippets? Um, from, from our side, these, these are essentially just a, a kind of snippet. So it's not based on any particular markup that you're doing on the pages. It's not something specific that you define on the pages. It's really just 
we recognize these images are on these pages and uh, for whatever reason our algorithms think that for users showing some images or kind of the, the snippet images would help them to decide which of the results to click on. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's from from our side it's something like yes we, we are showing images in snippets and I, I think in the past we didn't do that so much, but it's not based on anything specific that you can control other okay. than like maybe deciding you don't want any images on these pages image index and you want to use like the, the what is it, uh, no image index meta tag. Uh, but it's, it's not something where you can say, I want these images indexed or these images shown in the snippet. Okay. It's essentially we're picking images from the page. Okay, it seems a bit random, and I was doubting that Google is doing things randomly. But yeah, if there's nothing to control or to do about, yeah. I, how, how do you mean random? Is is it taking bad images or? Um, no, no, not not bad images. But sometimes it picks one, sometimes six, sometimes no in images. Even there are images on the on the landing page, so I don't see. Uh, the connection, why or where this, this decision happens to show or not to show an image. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what we can do to make it a little bit easier to understand, but yeah. Um, maybe should we should at least document that we do show images in the, the snippet and that it's not something that you can easily control. That's a good point. <laughs> okay. Thank cool. you. All right, and then we have uh, the agency Web Plus. Oh, I think you're muted. Yes. Perfect. Should be better. Thank you for having me here. Um, we have uh, a client that ran a franchisee uh, business uh, in France, and um, all the so they have uh, multiple websites, uh, one for each location they run the business. The thing is that uh, every website has exact same content, but uh, location address and phone number. So we. The first two websites uh, are performing very well in terms of uh, um, positioning uh, for some related uh, uh, search uh, uh, keywords. Uh, but every new location that has been added based on the first two websites, uh, they are not indexed at all. And uh, despite asking the search console, uh, to index them, uh, they uh, they are not indexed. So the reason being uh, is uh, for uh, duplicate content. So what is your recommendation for that to solve this problem and puzzle? Um, I I can see how it would be correct for our systems maybe to flag it as duplicate content if it is duplicate content. Uh, so that's, I, I think, kind of a, a tricky part there. Uh, the, the best way to make sure we don't see it as duplicate content is really to make sure that it's not duplicate content. 
Uh, and the the address and phone number, I think, is is a big step in that direction. But it's it's sometimes not enough because we do try to understand um, what what the kind of the the main content is of a page, and we use that essentially for recognizing duplicates. And uh, that's something where I suspect where you're running into issues at the moment, in that the main content of the page is essentially the same for all of these these sites. And uh, because of that, we see them as being duplicate. Um, I, I, think, I think there are two approaches that, that I would recommend here. Uh, one might be to pick one domain and focus on that and have individual landing pages for the locations within that one domain. Uh, that means that the content is just indexed once, and kind of like the, the addresses are more like attributes of that main content. Uh, that would probably make it also such that uh, the content is much more visible in search, because instead of having to promote all of these individual websites, you promote one strong website. And that makes it a little bit easier to, to rank that content in search. So that, that would be the one approach. The other would be if you know that this is going to be a very small number of different locations, then maybe there is something that you can do to make the content a little bit more unique across these locations. Uh, if you're talking about, I don't know, 20 to 100 different locations, then obviously that's, that's not really feasible. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of the, I, I think, the two main options that, that I would have there. So to sum up, the, the, the first option is if we have a large amount of locations, uh, is to regroup all the locations under a single domain and uh, create some sort of landing pages for specific locations. Yeah. And uh, if we have a smaller amount of uh, websites, uh, try to make them very unique and uh, to have uh, as much as possible, as less as possible, uh, 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 same yeah. content. Yeah, I mean they don't they don't have to be like very unique in that they're completely different websites kind of thing. But it should be clear that when our systems process the text on a page, it's it's something separate. Uh, so that's that's, that's kind a of challenge. yeah. Um, I mean the the other approach is to focus on things like uh, Google My Business, Google Business Profiles, I think the new name is, and uh, to see the, the websites more as kind of like a business card for the, the Google uh, Business Profile listing. And in cases like that, you don't necessarily need to have all of these websites indexed. Um, that might be a another way to look at it. But uh, that's probably not ideal if you're focusing on making the websites and you want them visible in search. Well, it's a pretty new brand. Uh, so it's, um, it's a challenge because uh, people are not looking for brand name. People are looking for services that match their local area. So uh, yes, of course, if, if the brand was very well established already and very well known, I mean, the, 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 there's no problem at all. But the thing is that the brand is unknown yet. And yeah. Uh, yeah. But in, in that case, I would really focus on making one very strong website. 
okay. uh, because that also makes it a lot easier to rank. Because then you just promote that one strong website. You can use that for any marketing campaigns that you do, and all of the the links, the kind of the the signals that you get for your business. They're concentrated and then spread out to the individual locations rather than having each individual location kind of fight for themselves. I understand. Thank you very much for your answer. Sure. Um, let's see, Philip. Hi, John. Good morning. Hi. So um, we have a pretty strong US.com um, presence with no real international implementation at the moment, um, but we are starting to build out into Canada and UK, and we are kind of at a crossroads today. Um, should we go CCTLDs or keep it under just the .com? We're a real estate company, so our pages are pretty location specific. Um, we're probably going to end up in about a dozen countries within the next year or two. So my thought process is being able to take advantage of being able to target locally in Search Console where uh, with the CCTLDs, where I can't do that with the global.com. Um, and technology is not an issue for us. So, you know, either way kind of works. So I was wondering, is one, you know, is there an advantage uh, going one way or the other, or is it easier for Google one way or the other? I, I think there are, there are multiple things that kind of come into play. One is probably, also, the, the aspect of uh, having multiple sites versus having one really strong website, kind mm -hmm. of like, like with the previous question, if you're talking about a dozen different locations, maybe that's less of an issue. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's, that's something that, that works out. The other thing is with geotargeting, we do use that when we recognize that people are looking for something local. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Either way that, that you go, I would try to make sure that we can figure out what geotargeting to use for the website. And CCTLDs is, is super obvious. So that's, mm -hmm. that's I think, a good approach. Um, subdomains is, is an option. Subdirectories would be an option. What I wouldn't do is just kind of use URL parameters or something like that, where it's like, right. well, you have your main global website, and you can search for an individual country. And then somewhere in the URL, that country is also mentioned. Uh, because that would essentially mean that we can't do geotargeting at all for the website. Right, right. OK. Yeah, right now we're doing like the, you know, the dev site is like slash FRCA, um, or we're looking at the .ca for Canada. Um, but it's just we're trying to figure out which which makes sense. Um, yeah. We have like our U.S. site has forty million pages. Our Canada site would probably have a half a million pages with with only you know five percent of them are actually one to one because they're location specific. So I don't know if that might make any difference. Yeah, I I think from a technical point of view, they would all be kind of equivalent. It might okay. be that from kind of an SEO ranking point of view, you could have some advantages by kind of building on your existing domain. Okay. Um, but it, I, I think it also depends a little bit on what your marketing goals are. If you want to really position these as, as like, we're the real estate company for Canada, mm -hmm. then yeah. you kind of want to have your, your own domain. Right. Uh, if you want to position it as like, we're a global company and we also do Canada, then mm -hmm. having that within your existing domain might, might be OK. Uh, okay. So I, I think from a technical point of view, like all of these options are open. Which way you go is kind of almost like a strategic decision. Okay, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Sure.
All right, Hazel. Hey, John, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, great. So uh, uh, this time I only have one like um, urgent and uh, important questions is about uh, index pages. Uh, like we just found that uh, from like January uh, 13th that our index pages dropped like over 90%. Like these are index pages and with actual traffic in JSC backend and also in our log report. So we checked our JSC, uh, we checked the uh, report, uh, coverage report in the JSC backend and uh, like almost uh, four, 40, 40,000 URLs uh, uh, and 14,000 index pages are dropped and this 14,000 URLs also increased on the crowd, but currently not indexed that one time. So the number is uh, the same, exact same. And uh, we also checked the samples. Um, uh, we also checked the samples that index and also the crowd, but not indexed. Uh, in, our, um, in our side, we didn't find anything anything unusual like uh, the canonical and also some, uh, also the meta tag marked as no index. No, there is not that, that issue. So um, we just couldn't find a, like a way to identify the problem. Mm, so we just uh, hope that you can give us some recommendation on um, which aspects can we uh, like find, like figure out and to identify the problem. No, I, I don't know offhand. It sounds very similar to one of the previous questions. So I'm kind of worried that I need to dig into this a little bit more. Uh, if if you can send me some sample URLs, then I, I'd love to take a look or maybe drop them here in the chat and then I can pick them up afterwards and uh, check them out with, with the team. Um, sure. I, I think the, the one aspect that you probably also want to check is whether or not we can actually crawl them properly. Um, I imagine you already looked into that, but uh, it's always good to kind of double check there. Uh, yes. But again, if you can if you can drop me some URLs, I'm I'm happy to take a look at that uh, with the team because like one site kind of going down and indexing is one thing, but if there are like multiple people at the same time coming in with this kind of topic, then uh, we we should probably take a better look. Okay, so like you said, uh, we have uh, we have checked the URLs in Google or live live text um yes they are all crawlable and also indexable um, but the weird thing is they are not yeah uh, and we also check our like sitemap and the robots text all good not nothing unusual and also the mobile friendly text um yes i okay. will drop the url in drop to you uh, later and um i also want to uh, specify that when we check the samples we notice that uh, google crawl our urls uh, like um, the url the google crawl uh, have some unusual mark like uh, like question mark and also some um, plus mark in the URL, but our actual URL don't have these marks. Okay. And yeah, that's one thing unusual we spotted. Uh, 
we are guessing that if that's a problem, but uh, uh, like I said, I already we already analyzed the log our log report and find the actual uh, like the the rate of these URLs that Google crawled is very less, maybe two uh, percent to three percent. Yeah, so mm. it's not a huge amount of these uh, URLs. Yeah. I, I mean, what, what always happens is we discover a lot of URLs for, for websites. And uh, if, if we don't think that they're important, we will kind of keep them in, in our list. And at some point, we'll try to crawl them. And I suspect these are just kind of random URLs that we discovered over time. And we try to crawl them from time to time to see if there's anything that we're missing. Uh, but it's not a sign of, of a problem of a website if we also crawl some random URLs. Yeah, this, the, the question is, this, for these random URLs, uh, we can find, find these URLs either. So in our website, uh, in internal links, uh, anywhere. Uh, we, can, we just can't find this URL that Google crawled. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. I mean, that, that happens. And sometimes we collect these URLs for a longer period of time and then try them maybe a year later. Uh, so it's it's sometimes hard to track back. But it's it's not a sign of a problem. It's it's really just our systems recognize, oh, we have some extra space to crawl URLs. And we also happen to have this, this big collection of URLs that we don't know anything about. So we will just try them. Mm -hmm. OK, great. So. Uh, as for the index pages, uh, do you have some maybe main technical like aspects that maybe affect this, maybe result it's, in this? It's hard to say. I mean, usually the, the main issue is really about overall quality of a website, uh, which kind of goes into the decision whether or not to index individual URLs. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, that's something that can also change over time. Not, not so much that the quality of your website changes, but uh, kind of our perception of the quality of the website can change over time. And that's usually the, the main element that comes into play there. Um, and if you see these kind of indexing changes like happening over a short period of time, then it could be that our systems have just kind of like changed the way that we evaluate quality for your website. And mm -hmm. uh, suddenly, everything is in a slightly different bucket. Whereas if you see them over a longer period of time, then it's usually more that like over time, our systems are less and less confident about the website. So, so our situation is more like happening in a second, in a day, like, yeah. Yeah. And also one uh, weird, uh, weird uh, uh, situation we spotted is that uh, the thing is we have uh, one one main domains and several subdomains based on different countries. And the situation I just said about the drop index pages only occur in one subdomain site and only occur the se the several specific page in this one subdomain. Like this, this subdomain we have product pages, category pages, and also like some online discount discount pages. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. and that we found this situation in uh, specific online and discount pages, not in other pages. Yeah, yeah. That's the weird thing we also spotted. Yeah, I 
I mean, if it's a specific, like, like the, that a change in the perception of quality by country or by language, that, that is also normal from, from our point of view. Uh, but if you're finding it in a specific kind of pages, uh, then that might be something to, to look into a little bit more as well, especially if you're saying like these are discount pages. Um, I don't know, maybe coupon pages, those kind of things. Uh, because sometimes certain types of pages almost fall into the category of like, oh, we, do, we don't know if these are really high quality pages or more lower quality pages. Uh, but mm -hmm. I, I don't know if any of that applies to your specific website. So that's kind of why I, I think having some sample URLs from you would be really useful. Sure, sure. We'll send to you later. Uh, okay. And like you said, the site, uh, the specific site, we also have these specific pages in other subdomains site, like uh, Spanish site, Spanish site, and also like some Germany site. Uh, they are all good. Nothing unusual. Only the, the only that one French site. Yeah. This yeah. issue. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll take a look. Sure. We'll send to you later. Thanks. Cool. OK, um, I, I see we still had lots of hands raised, but also lots of questions submitted. So I'll jump over to some of the submitted questions and get back to the people who have their hands raised as well. Um, let's see. Uh, we, we've been trying to create uh, Search Console properties for some of our country-specific folders to monitor their performance. Uh, we don't use trailing slashes in our URLs. So when a new folder is added to Search Console, the trailing slash is automatically added to the address. And no data is captured and reported for the non-trailing slash version. Uh, is there a way to add a folder and capture the stats for the non-trailing slash index page as well? Uh, no, currently not. Uh, so from our point of view, a page without a slash at the end is just a page. And if it has a slash, then it's a folder. And that's kind of the model that we've used for Search Console. Uh, so if, if you have kind of like the home page of one section of your website and it doesn't have a trailing slash, then we would see that as a page within the higher level site. Uh, so on the domain level, probably you would see all of these. Uh, if you want them, the data visible in, independently, you kind of have to pull that out from the higher level uh, property in Search Console. Um, my website, averaging around 200,000 sessions a day, was hit by a technical problem. And the site was down for 14 to 15 hours just two days ago, uh, while yesterday's traffic was roughly normal. Uh, today, a lot of our pages have gone missing from Google searches. The site has been stable for eight years. We've never had a problem like this before. What do you recommend? Uh, so usually, if you have this kind of technical issue for a short period of time, uh, it can happen that these pages will drop out of our index. And usually, they will pop back in fairly quickly as well. Uh, so what, what usually happens is the pages that we crawl more often probably get picked up first and get noticed during this technical issue. And maybe we drop them during that time. Uh, so you probably see that reflected in your traffic as well. Uh, but the, the good news is that these pages tend also to be recrawled fairly frequently. So they should pop back in fairly frequently or fairly quickly afterwards. Uh, the best way to 
kind of protect against this kind of issue is to make sure that you have some system in place uh, that can serve a 503 result code uh, when things go wrong. And it might be that it doesn't trigger automatically, but even if you can manually turn this 503 result code on, uh, essentially what happens then is when we crawl the pages during that time and see the 503, then we will say, oh, there's, there's a problem here. We will ignore it and come back later to double check. Uh, and uh, essentially, if you can serve a 503 result code, then for a period of like a day or two, uh, then we, we will just see that as a temporary glitch. And we will not drop these pages from our index because we think that they still exist. Whereas if you serve a 404, or if you serve an empty page, or just an error page directly, uh, then we might assume that this page has actually gone, and we'll drop it from the index. Uh, so that, that would kind of be my recommendation. Oftentimes, you can't just like jump in when things go down and suddenly figure out how to do a 503. Uh, so I would just prepare that kind of a system ahead of time so that you can switch over as quickly as possible uh, should you notice that something like this is happening. And uh, if you can serve a 503 for a day or two, then you should not see any, any changes in your search indexing at all. If it's longer, then obviously you could still. But at least for those one day or two, you kind of protect it. And uh, in the case that you can't do that like you did here, um, I, I would assume that this will just come back automatically. I don't think there's anything manual that you need to do. Uh, we will recrawl these pages. We'll notice there's good content there again. We'll index them again. We'll kind of pick up the signals that we had before. It should essentially be indexed and rank similarly to before. There should not be any long-term issue here. Um, a backlink question. Uh, we're using PR services to spread out our PR articles. Uh, the service publishes on various websites, mostly with nofollow. And uh, I think it goes into, like, sometimes they don't have a nofollow on these sites. What should we do with those kind of do follow links? Uh, should we disavow them or not use the PR service at all? Um, from, from our point of view, if you're taking care of the bulk of the issue, then that's generally OK. And uh, that's not something that I would worry too much about. Uh, if, if it's the case that you're using this PR service and 99% of the links have a, a normal link uh, to your website and 1% has a nofollow on it, then that seems a little bit fishy. But if, if you're saying that most of these links are nofollowed like, like they should be for PR articles, um, I, I would not worry about this. Uh, we want to migrate the content of one website to two separate domains and basically split it. What should we do in the old domain search console? Which domain should we point as the recipient? Uh, how do we notify Google? Um, so in, in a case like this where you're splitting or merging websites, you can't use the change of address tool in Search Console because it relies on the fact uh, that the move is a one-to-one -one move from one domain to another domain. And uh, as soon as you're splitting or merging websites, then that's not a one-to-one -one move anymore. That's essentially kind of something that has to be processed on a per URL basis. Uh, so for these kind of things, essentially what you want to do is just set up redirects properly and is kind of follow the normal guidelines that we have for site moves and uh, just kind of keep in mind that the Search Console setting for change of address is probably not suitable there. 
Uh, also, the Search Console setting will try to test some sample pages on your site for that redirect. And it might be that it looks like everything is OK. Uh, but I, I think it would still be wrong to use that setting if you're splitting a website up, uh, just because it, it could potentially mess up signals a little bit. I doubt that it would really cause problems, but I don't think you would have any advantage of using that uh, kind of change of address tool if you're not actually moving from one domain to another. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm setting up a central US English-based page for the About contact with schema information for various office locations and contact points, but there are also localized versions of the pages. Uh, in the different country versions, uh, often with fewer offices and phone numbers. Uh, how important is it for these localized pages to get their own schema? Or can Google pull enough information from the primary English version of the page that lists all worldwide offices and phone numbers? Uh, so I, I think there are two aspects here. On the one hand, uh, if you have different local versions of a page, we would not pull the structured data from a different page to try to apply to that local version of the page. Uh, so it's not that there's any kind of like magical kind of passing of structured data that's happening behind the scenes to individual parts of a website. Uh, the other thing to, to keep in mind here is that uh, structured data is something that primarily you would use because it has a visible effect in the search results. It's not really something that would uh, change the ranking of a page. Uh, so if you're using this structured data to get something, some specific feature in the search results, uh, then I would put that on those individual pages where you want that feature to be used. Uh, if you're just using this structured data as a way of like giving Google a little bit more information, because maybe Google will be, find this information useful, uh, then that's something where I'd say it's, like, it's, it's a very, very small thing. And uh, whether or not you do it or don't do it is probably not going to change the overall perception of a website. Uh, so especially with regards to individual locations, um, my understanding is we, we don't show this in the search results anyway. At most, it might be shown in like a knowledge panel on the side, which would probably also be pulled from uh, your Google Business Profile listings. Um, so probably this particular type of structured data is not critical for, for your website anyway. Uh, so from that point of view, like if you want to put it on these pages, go for it. If you can't put it on all of these pages, then it's like probably not critical because we don't show it anyway. Uh, if it were something that you wanted to have shown in the search results, uh, then I would make sure that you put it on all of the pages. There's no magical kind of like taking it from one version of the site and applying it to another version. Uh, about a year ago, you mentioned that there were experiments with a badge in the search results regarding page experience and core web vitals. Is this still something that we're going to see in the future? Uh, so I can't promise on what will happen in the future, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and since we haven't done this badge so far, and it's been, I think, like over a year, my feeling is probably it will not happen. Um, I, I don't know. If 
for, for certain. And it might be that somewhere a team at Google is working on making this badge happen and will get upset when I say it. But at, at least so far, I, I haven't seen anything happening with regards to a badge like this. And my feeling is if we wanted to like show a badge in the search results for Core Web Vitals or Page Experience, then probably we would have done that already. Uh, that said, everything around Core Web Vitals and Page Experience is constantly being worked on. And we're trying to find ways to improve those metrics to include other aspects that might be critical for websites or for users that they care about. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if any of this changes. And it might be that at some point we have metrics that are really useful for users and which makes sense to show more to users. And Maybe at that point, we'll have something more visible in the search results or within Chrome or I don't know, anywhere. So I, it's really hard to say there. Um, how frequently does the Google News algorithm surface or accept or review new news sites uh, on the platform? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't have much insight into the Google News side, so I can't really say much with regards to how frequently things change there. Um, we're moving our website from Magento 1 to Magento 2. In the past, we sold internationally, so we had subfolders for different countries. Uh, now we're going to focus only on UK, and we don't need those subfolders. Uh, is it best for ranking to remove the UK subfolder to, or to keep it? Uh, if we do remove it, how can we tell Google to change the URL? Uh, we have so many external links to our products, which have given us a good natural position on Google, and we don't want to lose it when we switch uh, our new Magento 2 site on the server. Uh, so first of all, I don't know what is involved with uh, switching from Magento 1 to Magento 2. Uh, it might be just a backend change that Google doesn't notice at all. Uh, so from, from that point of view, I would double check things like the, the URL structure of your website, how that changes, the internal linking, if anything changes there, uh, the, the content that you're displaying it, how you're displaying it to, to users, all of those things. Uh, it might be that this is really just like a backend move, and maybe kind of like some of the, the functionality within the site is improved. And in cases like that, that kind of migration I don't think would have any effect at all in search. Uh, so that might make it a little bit easier to kind of like look at what you need to do uh, with regards to uh, restructuring the site uh, from different country subdirectories to just one country subdirectory or putting everything on the root. Uh, essentially, all of these changes would be kind of like restructuring your website kind of thing. So it's, uh, it's something where you would expect to see some fluctuations in search as all of that bubbles down. And the important part is really that you make sure that everything is, is cleanly moved to the new location. I don't think it matters if you use a UK subdirectory or if you put everything on the root. Uh, having a UK subdirectory might make it easier if you decide to go to different countries again, but that's more of a strategic decision. Uh, but uh, any kind of a move where you're significantly changing the URL structure of your website, you will see fluctuations because we have to recrawl the whole website and understand the new structure. And uh, that will happen in either of these cases. Uh, and uh, I, I think the, the aspect to keep in mind is these kind of fluctuations can last for a while. It can be that it takes a month or two to kind of settle down again. Uh, so 
it, it would be good from a practical point of view to try to find a time where you're not reliant on search traffic as much, uh, or maybe where you can do some extra marketing campaigns or something else to kind of even things out, uh, or at least so that people who are involved with the website have the right expectations that this is going to take a little bit of time and there will be some fluctuations in search. Um, let's see. and. Maybe the last one from, from the list here. As a website owner or SEO, can we be 100% sure that every single answer we get on this YouTube channel uh, is 200% factually true? Or should we not solely rely on these answers and always do our own research? I don't know. That's, that's like a, a big question. I, I don't know like how I could be 200% factually true. That's kind of a high bar. Uh, in, in general, most of the things that we talk about are based on the documentation. And uh, especially the technical details, you can look them up in the documentation. Uh, so there should always be a way to kind of double check what, what is happening here. Some of these things are more strategic questions. And uh, for especially for these strategic questions, it's something where you can use different strategies and come to the same goal. It's not that this one strategy is exactly what you need to do. Uh, it might be that you could do it in a different way. And the other part I think that is super critical to keep in mind is I'm answering specific questions from individual people here, and they have very unique websites. And it's sometimes not possible to just take one answer and apply it to all of the web. I, I think that's very tempting nowadays in that, especially on Twitter, you have a short, short form text. And it's easy to say, oh, John said you should get rid of all country versions and only keep a UK website. And, but that might apply to this one website, but that doesn't apply to everyone. And uh, taking something simple like that will just result in lots of discussions and then people saying, oh, John is wrong, uh, which Maybe I am wrong, but uh, it's, it's based on this one question here and this one website. And it's not something that you can generalize to everything on the web. Uh, so my recommendation here would always be, if this is something that you're relying on for a business, don't take just one person's uh, kind of comment on that, but rather use that as input to make your own decision. And uh, it might be that you decide to go that, that direction that I mentioned. It might be that you decide, well, I don't care what Google says. I, I think my other approach is better, or I have other consultants who are telling me something different. Uh, that's essentially up to you to decide. And was that, was that what you just said true, or should we look that up as well? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It, it goes endlessly. So it seems a little pointless asking the person if they're telling the truth, whether they're telling the truth. Yeah. I, I, I see that sometimes <laughs> as, on, on Twitter as well. It's like, is this, is this still true? And it's like, of course it's true. And then the next part is, well, <laughs> Google says it's true. Therefore, it must be wrong. It's like, OK. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. Can't do everything. Um, let's see. Uh, maybe we'll take some, some more live questions. Christian, what's on your mind? Hi. Good morning, John. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, OK, great. Um, yeah, thanks for having us again. Um, my question today is about uh, internal linking. Um, um, I found an interesting uh, tweet from you this week, which says, um, 
internal linking is most important for a website structure and more than URL structure, if, if I uh, got this right. And um, my, my practical question would be, uh, is it, uh, does it make sense to um, look at the internal links from important pages of a website to see if they have uh, uh, links from internal, from other internal important pages and uh, to do some kind of uh, link hygiene in the, the sense of um, yeah, removing links to, to less important pages so that the links to the important pages have more weight. And uh, does it make sense to uh, EG, uh, calculate the internal uh, page rank, which is also possible? I, I mean, it's, it's something you, you can do. Um, it's, it's a bit tricky because we, we try to be smart with how we process internal links. And especially some, some very common pages that get a lot of links, like an About Us page or Terms of Service, uh, they're, they're linked from across the whole website. But at the same time, we understand this is kind of a pattern that, that is normal. And it doesn't mean that we should rank the terms of service page for anyone who's searching for the company name. Uh, so it, it's something where, on the one hand, the, the internal linking is, is something that you can control. But I wouldn't like go overboard and say, well, I'll remove links to pages that I don't think are critical. Uh, because that's especially something that happened, I think, uh, when we introduced the nofollow, that people would say, oh, my terms of service, all links will be nofollow to it. And that doesn't change anything. It's like a lot of work, and uh, you have to maintain it forever. Uh, but it doesn't change anything for your website. So it's, it's kind of like wasted work. But I would still recommend going through your website and trying to create a kind of a graph of how things are linked. And uh, I think some or probably most SEO tools have some capability for doing that, for crawling the website and creating kind of this, this graph where you have like different flowers and trees or whatever uh, to show the structure of the website. And uh, when, when you look at that, sometimes you can tell at first glance, is there a clean structure or is it completely messy? And if it's completely messy, then I think there is definitely room to clean that up and to make it clear what the structure should be. And by making a clearer structure, you are helping us to understand which pages you think are more important. Uh, so that's definitely something I, I would try to find ways to clean up. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not that I'm saying like your website will rank better if you have a clean structure, but it's more if we understand your website should rank in this range, which of these pages are the most important ones? And that's something that you're telling us. Uh, and uh, that's something that, that gives you value and that you're sending people to the pages that you care about. Uh, so that's, that's certainly something I, I would look into doing. I, I think that's a, a good use of time, especially for larger websites that have evolved over many years. It's, it just gets really messy organically over time. And every now and then, it takes, it takes time and energy to kind of restructure things and make sure that everything is, is kind of well organized again. And that is something that you will see effects from. OK, thanks. And, and uh, what about the internal page rank, which is uh, quite easy to, to calculate? Uh, would you recommend doing something like that to see which pages does, uh, do have the most important uh, or the most weight from internal links? Or would you say this is something, yeah, that's not necessary. Uh, 
I I don't know. I I do it for for things that that I play around with, but uh, it's. I, I think it's something for, for people who like to play with these things. Sure, it's it's kind of interesting. But the, the aspect that you can't really model in, in there is uh, that individual pages will get different external links. And that essentially affects the, the internal page rank as well. Uh, like if everyone is linking to your terms of service page, then it's suddenly it is something that has a lot of page rank. And uh, PageRank is something that we use in our systems, but we use lots of other things. So it's, it's kind of an interesting, uh, I don't know, almost like a gadget from, from a, a technical point of view. Uh, but I wouldn't see it as something that is like, super critical from, from a practical point of view. It's more like, oh, you'd like to mess with numbers and play with graphs. Like, sure, you can calculate this. I wouldn't see it as something that is reflected one-to-one -one at Google. Okay, but uh, maybe it would be, make more sense uh, when calculating the internal page rank just to ignore the ex external links and just focusing on all the links that are within the website. I mean, sure. I mean, you're yeah. you're kind of modeling things for yourself, and yeah, that's, okay. like you you can you can decide how you want to model that. Okay, and also within the page rank uh, functions, I I think there's like the dampening factor and different other things that you can mess with, and you can. You can play around with that and yeah, kind of yeah. see like what what would that change and do I see anything that kind of stands out as something an opportunity for my website? But I wouldn't see it as this one magical tool that tells you how to rank number one. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you. Sure. All right. And uh, Goose. Hi, good morning. Hi. Uh, I have a question. I run a site in the Netherlands. And uh, of course, in the Netherlands, we speak Dutch. Uh, but we also use a lot of uh, English terms, actually, in our language and in our marketing terms as well for this site. So we have pages that contain Dutch and also contain English. And also sometimes in pieces like H1s or you know those, those kind of uh, elements on the page. I was wondering, how does Google deal with such a page that has like two languages on it? So not separated by the href lang, but yeah, it's a, it's a Dutch website. Uh, but how does Google yeah, deal with that? Could it influence ranking or you know, with, with the region codes uh, in the href lang alone will be sufficient? or are there other things that we should look into? Um, so if if you just have it in Dutch with like some English terms in there, then you wouldn't use hreflang. So that's kind of the, I, I think the the one aspect. Also within the HTML, you have I think the language code that you can specify. Uh, that's something that we don't use. I I believe Bing uses it though. Um, in, in practice, what, what happens with these kinds of pages is we will try to understand the primary language of the page. And we will understand that like sometimes there are words in different languages as well. And uh, we will still try to focus on the primary language if we can determine one. If we can't determine one primary languages, then we might use like multiple languages and assign that to the page. And you can sometimes see that if you do something like a site query for your website and then go into the advanced search settings and specify a language, uh, then you can sometimes see like which language is being recognized for my website. And uh, if you try other languages, you might see that, oh, it's being recognized for Dutch and English, which 
doesn't mean that it has less weight in Dutch. It's just, well, we recognize that it's, it's like a mix. Mm -hmm. And uh, th from, from that point of view, it's, it's kind of something you, you can kind of double check there. I think the, the one situation I would watch out for is if your page is recognized as being in a language that is not correct. Like, for example, if you have an English website on vacation homes in Spain, and all the addresses are in Spanish, and all the place names are in Spanish, and we think the whole page is only in Spanish, then it will be hard for us to rank that page if someone is searching for vacation homes in Spain, because we think, oh, this is all in Spanish. This is not English, what, what this person is looking for. Yeah, yeah. What I understand is uh, if somebody, because we have multiple language sites, we also have an English site and we also have a German site. So we do use hreflang, but we only have the the, the region code, not the uh, not the language code on it. Uh, but if somebody would then search for a English term, which we do have pages for on the Dutch site, but in English, um, Google sort of tries to find whether yeah you can connect that to that search term that's somebody and then on the dutch pages we do not have to do something ex extra for it we can just use it like that yeah yeah oh perfect yeah yeah that, I, I think that should work i mean try it out yeah of course, if yeah. it's if it doesn't work uh complain about it and let us know <laughs> uh because i mean that that's the kind of thing that should just work and a lot of times especially with technical vocabulary the terms might be in english but the page might be in a different language, and it should still kind of work out there. Yeah. OK, cool. Thanks. Cool. OK. Uh, let me pause the recording here. Uh, for, for those of you watching the YouTube recording, thanks for watching until the end. If you'd like to join us live, watch out for the link. Uh, we post these in the community section of the channel. Uh, and uh, feel free to join in and uh, come, I don't know, Join the office hours in person, or at least add your questions uh, to, to this session so that we can go through them. Cool. All right. So let me pause the recording here.